Welcome to Anti-Aging Unraveled with Dr. Lori Gerber. The body is one of the most complicated systems in the universe. Dr. Gerber and her guests explore integrative medicine and cosmetic dermatology, combining traditional medicine, alternative health practices, new innovations, and technology, which work together to help you look and feel natural and age gracefully. Now, here is your host, Dr. Lori Gerber. Good evening, everybody. It's another rainy Wednesday night on the East Coast, and uh, it's a really exciting night for me, I have to say, because we're not going to talk about medicine for a change. We're going to switch gears a little bit. I decided for the summer to do more of an inspirational series, and our lead-off guest is one of my wonderful friends, so I'm very excited to have him on. Um, His name is Jordan Torres, and he is now 28, but I will always and forever see him as a 17-year-old. So forgive me throughout this if I if I chuckle or laugh because he has become an amazing person and has just a story to tell that I think is an inspiration to anybody. And um, I'm glad to have him on. So without letting him sit there and hang, Jordan, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's my big sister. Um, <laughs> I did grow up pretty fast, but I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to share some inspiration with others and explain my story for somebody who's out there that's been in my shoes or you know know somebody's in my shoes. So thought about helping and giving back. So it's kind of Madison still, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you've always been an inspiration to me, even at 17 years old, I have to say. I mean, you know, the, the things that you were doing at 17, you know, not doing stupid yeah. 17-year-old kid stuff, right? So even at 17, it was like, wow, that's, that's 17 for you? So, yeah. you know, I think you guys will realize that he is um, an extraordinary person and just comes from this amazing moral background and really just is grounded. And if you can take anything out of this today, it's that really you make your own way in this world. And um, yeah, so I think that's what you're going to get out of this. And I intend to kind of move that forward as the podcasts and radio shows progress. So um, I guess we'll start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. What have you been doing? Why does someone want to look out for Jordan Torres? Who are you? Okay, so uh, first and foremost, what I have been doing, I've been I want to say full-time modeling for the past seven years. And I started out playing rugby. And then now I'm just, I'm finally getting into the stroke of the success part of it. I had my fair share of the humps and dumps of, you know, hitting the ground, getting back up. But I kept my head up. I kept moving forward. It hasn't been an easy journey, which I'm thankful for because nothing worth having comes easy. But it's been in a, I've been at a good place in my life now, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, everything, all of the above. And where I'm from, I'm from the Bronx. I'm from Bronx, New York. So a kid who made it out the Bronx to be where he's at today is very inspiring for others because I'm not saying where I'm from, a lot of people don't make it out, but it's an easy place to take the wrong route. And to be where I'm at today is a blessing. Yeah, so I, I put a tagline on there that we were I was calling the Bronx Tale because to me this is you know the true like Bronx Tale. So tell us yep. a little bit about your family and, and growing up. You you you're you're very close with your mother, and you know you're she's the she's the woman of your life for all intents and purposes. Is like I like to call her. So yeah, tell yeah. Me about mom, tell me about your your childhood. Yeah, so my childhood growing up definitely wasn't easy. Um, it it was definitely a challenging 
challenging childhood, not only being where I'm from, but my mom being a single parent and, you know, losing my older brothers at such a young age. Uh, my mom had to kind of figure everything out on her own so suddenly. But that only brought me and my mom's bond very closer. She's a, she's a very strong lady. So I've kind of got that motivation and inspiration from seeing my mom struggle and not giving up no matter what. So for me, it fell onto me, but I had to grow up a lot sooner than others. I had to kind of man up at such a young age where, you know, my friends were able to still be kids. And by the time I was 13, 14, 15, I was already looking for jobs, trying to work to provide for me and my family. So it was a tough childhood, but to, to the position I'm in today at 28, I don't, I don't regret anything that I've been through because it made me into the man I am today. So, so I'm going to back up a little bit just for those of you who don't know. So when you were younger, you you didn't grow up with a dad, right? Your dad wasn't really ever in your lives, right? No. And you had how many brothers? I had three brothers. Three brothers. And what, what happened yeah. growing up? Like so, the path that they ended up choosing that you honestly didn't? Yeah, so both two of my older brothers just so happened to, you know, growing up in the Bronx, like I said, the tougher environment to grow in. So it ended up my brothers, you know, losing their lives, unfortunately. And that for me was, it wasn't easy because not only having my older brothers there, who I looked up to as men because they were very strong, solid individuals, but my dad wasn't also in the picture. He came later in life, who recently passed a couple months ago, rest in peace which I had, I never held no grudges against him only because life is too short, you know? So I was able to create that relationship, but it just so happens to be that he's not here with us anymore. So I never really had a male role model to look up to, you know, I never, cause even my older, I have another older brother who's my rock. I love him to death, but my brother had to kind of grow up on his own as well. He was there for me a lot, but we kind of had to really, figure things out on our own. We had our mom to be our backbone, but it was time for us to man up and, you know, and figure things out. So tell me, tell me, do you have any stories about your mom? Any, I know your mom's a character, any good stories about how she, one, you know, kept you on the straight and narrow or maybe yeah. she was just a bowl full of laughs because I know she's a riot growing up with your mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite the fun time. And if you guys want to check out his Instagram, his mom is on his Instagram. So we'll get to that at the end. But, um, you know, it's the official JT. But yeah, tell me a little bit about um, mom growing up. Mom growing up. So I'll actually give you a, well, like you said, like if you guys want to see how funny she is, she's definitely on my Instagram. But I'll give you an inspiring story of my mom. Um, my mom was born in Chicago. My mom moved to Puerto Rico by herself from Chicago. I think it was about eight years old. Yeah. And then at 16, my mom was like, you know what? I want to go make a life for myself in New York. So my mom got on a plane. She probably had like 600 bucks. No, I'm sorry. She actually had 300 bucks. Jumped on a plane to uh, New York. She had some friends in New York. And my mom was actually homeless when she got to New York. This is the crazy part. And she had a friend that her dad owned a funeral home. And my mom would sleep in the casket late night after work and shower at her job just to get by. 
And then my mom became a super of a building in the Bronx. She got cool with the landlord, became the super of the building, and then started living rent-free. And she started living rent-free there. She got a job for herself. And then to this day, my mom still works for that same company that she got her first job from. So it's such an inspiring story. But my mom ended up you know, meeting my dad, had us, and then she met someone else and had my other brother. But look, till this day, my mom has the place, you know, like she's doing well for herself. And now, now it's time for me to buy her a house. You know, that's what she deserves. So mom has been, I'm telling you, when my mom has, when I say I don't know anybody, because I'm sure everybody has their fair share of pain, but my mom is up there with crazy stories and making it out, you know. So shout out to my mom. Yeah, I, I love your mom too, although... Never matter yet. Mom, if you're going to listen, we still need to have dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. Not that dinner yet. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually throw you a little, a little curveball question, which I think would fit in really nicely here. So what is, is mom your idol? Do you have any other idols? Who do you look up to in life? I know, or even maybe as a kid versus now, because I think it changes, right, as you get older. Yeah. Um, honestly, I can say my mom, Moms and my mom's my eye strength and not giving up and you know finding that inspiration. I definitely would say that. But when it comes to idolizing, I look up to myself. I just want to be. I just want to become the best version of myself. Of course, I have mentors. You know, Marcus is one of them. Big love to my big brother Marcus. Okay. But you guys don't know. <laughs> yeah, but for me, I've always just you know I've always wanted to just be to become the best version of myself you know what i i didn't have people i look up to i had people i knew i didn't want to be like okay so so who do we have an example or is it not like a name it's a type it's just a type you know like i just feel like i just didn't want to take the wrong direction and the wrong footsteps of certain direct like it's just it's so easy to get caught up in an environment that i lived in to take the wrong i have friends that aren't here anymore. I have friends that are serving time, you know, away. And it's, it sucks to say, but it's just who you surround yourself with is who you become. So I'm really big on who I surround myself with for that same same reason, you know, because I would not want to end up somewhere where I, I couldn't provide for my family. I couldn't provide for myself. You know, like I, I didn't want my mom to see, a, I didn't want my mom to lose another son. You know, so I had to make the sacrifice to be where I'm at today. So if my son's listening, did you hear what Jordan just said? You said who you surround yourself with is who you become. And I, and I think that's, I always say if they don't add to your life, they subtract, right? You know, it's one of those things. Exactly. You need to have people that are continually positive influences in a lot of different ways, right? There could be in, you know, I'm sure I add to your life totally different than Marcus does and your friends yeah. life totally differently. And we all have a little bit of a different opinion on things, but just coming from different avenues. So, um, 100%. so let's quickly, since you brought up your dad, so how was it to have your dad back in your life after all those years, you know, dad came back and I know he's passed and were you able to find like some kind of father figure in, in that, in the end, like, were you able to come to, I know you don't hold a grudge. You're not, you don't, did it feel mm -hmm. like that? Were you able to uh, find that? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, for my dad to come back in my life, it felt good. You know, as you get older, you view things a lot different. 
you know? So for me, my biggest thing is like, I've never had somebody I can call dad, you know? Like it was always mom, mom, mom. And of course my mom loves that because she's the one that takes all the credit for being where I'm at, you know? But she's also like, you know, I'm happy you have a relationship. And so for him to come later, I hatched everything up and I just like, you know, he was proud of me. He was super proud of me because I was his last, I was his last one of the boys because I have a sister from my dad's side as well. So I was, I was the last one from his boys. And he was just, man, like, man, I'm so happy to see my son doing so well. So for me, it, it kind of sucked though, because him passing, because it, the, the way the story was, I can't, from him, for him not being in my life for so long, it was almost like I wasn't used to it and I will forget to call him, you know, cause I just, I just wasn't used to that relationship. I w- so when it came to it, I know he'll call me and then I'll call him from time to time. And then one time he called me, I was like, yo, pops, I'm gonna call you back. And I never called him back and I never heard from him again, you know? So for me, it kind of changed my perspective on like when somebody's in your life, appreciate them even more, no matter who it is, cause you don't know how long they're going to be here. So I wish I could have done things a little differently and been there for him more. And I was going to bring him to LA to come spend some time with me, but I was just always pushing it on the side, thinking that he was going to be here forever, you know? So it caught me by surprise, but um, he's in a better place. You know, he's with my brothers up there. My brothers got him. So I'm happy about that. And I'm going to just continue to strive for them, you know, just more angels watching over me. You got a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. So let's um growing up how did you stay out of trouble like what was your outlet were you you weren't playing rugby back then right Mm-mm. Did you Not have yet. A sport that you were playing did you draw did you Is there anything that kind of captured you on the straight and narrow besides the uh, threat of a beating Yeah <laughs> Truthfully speaking um I wouldn't say I wasn't getting in trouble because I had my fair share of getting in trouble. I was a little like Dennis the Menace kind of boy. Um, I just, that was just who I was. But I've, to this day, my friends that I grew up with, our fun wasn't getting in trouble and, you know, starting trouble with people. It was, our fun came from different things, you know, playing basketball, playing all kinds of sports going, going on camping trips. Cause we had, we had where I grew up, we had a good foundation of people and we had a guy from our neighborhood that we call pops that kind of like, you know, showed us a different way of life, which was good for us. So he kind of kept all of us in this bubble showing us like, look guys, this, there's other ways you can have fun. So me and all my, me and all my best friends, we, we found excitement in different things. And when it came to that, think like that thought of like going out there and starting trouble or you know joining gangs and all that stuff it didn't really make sense to us we just wasn't that just wasn't our vibe you know our vibe was like I said just being kids you know like so for me it was kind of easy in that sense and also what kind of steered me away from that direction was losing my brothers I seen the route my brothers ended up in so it kind of put me in a perspective like this I can end up dead or I can end up in jail, you know? And for me and my mom being on top of me and, you know, and saying like, stay out of trouble, stay out the streets, you know, I kind of just stared away from that direction. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to 
like I said, I couldn't see my mom go through what she went through again. I couldn't. I couldn't. I really couldn't. How old were you when your brother died? I was six for the first one, and then I was eight for the second one. So the when the eight-year-old one, I was both. I was close to both of them, but the eight-year-old one, I used to call it dad. Actually, he was like my dad, and I actually was. My mom was on the phone with my uh, my godmother at the time, and my mom heard the gunshots, so she heard my brother's passed away. You know, and I was eight sitting on the couch. My mom was telling her about my baseball game. And I heard, I seen my mom just go hysterical. And I was just like, what's happening, you know, to process everything. But now as I'm older, excuse me, I can only imagine the pain my mom suffered, you know. So it was, it was truly an eye-opener, you know. Well, I think, um, you know, you had mentioned, was, did you call him Pops? Is that what you called the the guy on the yeah, show. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was talking a lot, and this is part of why I love your story. And I think there's such a lack of positive role models right now. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a city problem. It's a, it's a worldwide problem. But um, specifically in our area and in Philly and New York City, um, people have forgotten that what you're doing is representative of who you want the people around you to be, right? You know, you should be. Exactly. Able- yourself and other people in a, in a positive light. And we just don't have that for our kids right now. Um, I think for the most part, it's, it's a very distressing mm-hmm. time. Um, so, you know, honestly, you're pretty lucky to have pops because, you know, that's, you could have ended up anywhere and yes, you loved your mother, but not all kids have that empathy for their, for their parents that you do. Yeah, um, exactly. Have a positive role I totally model. agree. Yeah. That puts you in a good perspective. I mean, you got lucky. You had a personality that gave you empathy. Not all, not all kids have that. Um, so no. anyway, that's something that I think is a big problem. And, and I encourage people to, to volunteer your services, whatever. I mean, there's so many online services and kids are looking for help. You can't, they can't All the time. right now. There's no, there's no services. So, um, but anyway, that's my tangent. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how you thrived. So you had these, what were your goals when you were younger? Did you have a goal? Did you know what you wanted to be? Were you one of those kids? Uh. That- I want to be this or no, not really. You just didn't want to be. Uh, how, how young? Eh, I don't know. Before rugby, pre-rugby. No, before rugby, pre-rugby. I didn't know what I was doing with myself. Okay. So let's talk about rugby. How'd you find it? So for those of you yeah. know, real quick, Marcus, my husband and, and Jordan found each other in rugby. So that's how they became friends. Yeah. So I went to high school to play basketball. And my school, my high school was new at the time, so they didn't have a basketball program. So there so happened to be a bunch of guys that was playing for this rugby club for New York that was going around and just recruiting people. And I ended up seeing one of my good friends from the neighborhood as he came into the class. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, hey, you know, like, Joe, he's like, Jordan? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, come play rugby. So I'm like, like, you know, I was fresh in high school I had no idea like I wanted to make friends you know kind of like they were all the senior guys so I went and I was you know what I went and practiced and I was like man what is this like but it was like for me I like challenging myself I've always been somebody likes to challenge himself so I was like but I've always had I've always been athletic and I, I you know I've always played sports so I was like maybe I can get good at this who knows where this could take me you know 
So after the first couple of practices, I, be, I became friends with everybody. And I was like the cool little freshman, cool all the seniors. I was like, all right, you know, I'll stick around, you know, be the cool guy for a little bit. And then I just ended up being like talented at this game that I was like, hey, like what? Like, because when I played basketball and I came to crunch time, I wouldn't, I would choke up, you know, like I would get my fair share of nervousness. I wouldn't perform as I usually do. But when it came to rugby, I would just be phenomenal, you know? And I was just like, whoa, man, like I have this, like this is why I was put on this earth. Like I got, I got the talent for this game. Like this is a God-given talent. So I'm going to run with it. And then I just fell in love with it, and it became everything to me. So it became a Bronx boy that was just focused on rugby and school. That's the only thing I could just put my mindset on. So I was like, man, this could probably get me to college. This could probably change my life. Mm -hmm. So now that's when I became – that's when I realized I knew I wanted to be great at something. And, of course, like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say who likes school, but, like – I wasn't the, the, the biggest bookworm, but I was a great athlete. So I was like, man, I want to be the, I want to be the best I can be in this sport. So it, that just, so that fell into that. And that's when I knew myself, I'm like, man, I'm dedicated. I want to practice. I want to be good at something. And rugby became everything in that sense for me. And then what I want to say a year later, I was traveling on my first plane ever to New Zealand. Like my first flight was to, Los Angeles, and then my the second flight was from Los Angeles to Auckland for 14 hours, and I was like 16 years old going to New Zealand to play rugby. Who would have thought, you know, like to be in the position I'm in? So that's how I fell in love with the game, and then I'm still in love with it to this day. Of course, I had to <laughs> switch paths a little bit, but so you that's how, how I found rugby. Say it again. How long did you play in New Zealand? I was there for a month. A month, and then yeah. And and then you came back. Then I came back and I played for the USA team. And then after the USA team, I was got recruited to all these D1 universities. Mm -hmm. And then I was playing in the summer. And then I traveled over. We you know we traveled overseas. So I yeah, became we to Cuba guys. That was amazing. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's where maybe the direction changes a little bit, right? A little bit after Cuba. Um, yeah. So, and I think this is really important because everyone comes to a crossroads in life and you make decisions, everybody makes decisions for different reasons, right? So back then, you know, if you had asked me, which I didn't get asked, I think it was Marcus, but if you had asked me what decision you would have, should have taken, um, yeah. or what direction, I might've given you a different answer. Um, but I mean, looking forward, I mean, successful, amazing, you're doing great things. So let's talk about that. So you were playing rugby. We went to Cuba. We did an exhibition, kind of a tournament there. Correct. What happened? You, you got so something happened, right? You had a like a like I called the fork in the road. Yeah. So prior to that, I just so happened to be walking around downtown, and somebody stops me, and they're like, "Oh, hey, are you a male model?" And I was like, "Oh, no, you know, like just regular kid." You know, he's like, "Oh, you should be one. You you got the look. You got this." And that time, it was school or mom, you know, like, but I, for some weird reason, I felt like it was time for me to take a shift in a certain direction. I don't know why, but something just came over me that day when I got home and I was like, your life's about to change, you know, like, 
which route you take, it's going to change. But I was like, which route is going to benefit me and my family rather sooner than later? Mm-hmm. What can I do? And I vote, like I told you, I've always taken sacrifices. I'm, I've seen my mom make sacrifices. So for that, so being in that position for myself, I was like, okay, well, I love rugby. I can still can play rugby. And I also still can make, you know, some money because I, I needed to make money at the end of the day. Like I had to do something that was going to make money just because one, I couldn't afford school. I got accepted to Penn State University Park. Um, I had a decent scholarship, but not enough to come out of school and have me and my mom in a hole, you right. know, like a ridiculous hole. So I was like, hey, like, let's shoot my shot. So at that moment, I was like, okay, let me go and sign this contract and see if I can see where it takes me. So this random guy. Later, this random. random guy. My old agent, random guy. Two weeks later, I go sign this contract. He's like, hey, you're going to Paris. Pack your bags. I was like, Paris? He's like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to Paris. You're going to go walk for one of the biggest runways. I was like, walk i don't even know how to walk you know like <laughs> like walk run, like walk a runway like i'm not used to walking runways like you know my first one of my first jobs ever was in paris fashion week walking for Givenchy exclusive so it was like so then from that point on doing that i was like okay when we i was still juggling the boat remember i was still playing with marcus yeah. i was still doing and then it was like okay i can't get hurt like one thing I got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard this money maker. I'm done. So for me at that moment, I was like, okay, now you have to make that decision. And I made that decision and now look where I'm at. It's yeah. crazy. It's so crazy. I would have never thought I would be in the position I'm in today looking back, but it took, it took a lot of hard work and belief do you, do you miss rugby? Every single day of my life. Do you? Every yeah. single day of my life. So, and it's funny because you were picking two paths, and I and this is the hard part of it, two paths that really are age-dependent, right? Like, yeah. You, right. So either way you could go. So, I mean, you can look at it totally two different ways. And my son's in a similar situation right now where he's trying to figure out his path through life. And, you know, I always say there's the easy path and the hard path, right? You can... And those paths might not be, I don't know, they're, the easy one might turn out to be the hard one. Yeah. Straightforward. But, you know, you could have taken a partial scholarship, gone to Penn State, played rugby for however many years. Um, but then you, you damage your body, you have all, you get jacked up, you know, all those good things. And then the question mm-hmm. is, would you be as successful as you are now? Or you take the other route where you model and, Take this chance on some random person who stops you in the street. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you you but you also become successful, but there is a term to it. So so let's um what are your goals after modeling? So let's talk about modeling a little bit really quickly because okay. I don't want to shortchange that. Cause if you guys yeah, yeah. want to see his modeling stuff, go on his Instagram. Cause I joke every day there's another amazing picture of Jordan. So you know, and that's not how we put it. We put it a lot more funny in our household, but yeah, nice for you guys. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very cool Instagram, and he does some really amazing shoots, to be honest. Um, yeah. so let's talk about some of your. Appreciate things. that. So who's your, who's your, I guess what was your favorite? Because you've had so. My, much. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I always say this. My favorite was my favorite shoot. It has to be shooting for Nike. Okay. I wanted to say, cause I've worked for Nike for a long time, but Nike was one of my favorite brands, you know? So Nike would have to be, and then working for like a lifelong company that, you know, who's been around for many years and, you know, kind of steps you on your career, uh, being like, you know, shooting a Versace fragrance. That was, that was a big, that was a big deal for me too. Probably those two. Was it the year before last? Last year? Which one? The Versace. Two years ago. Right before COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. The year before COVID, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So did you see your billboard somewhere and look up and be like, Cause there it was actually it was actually in uh, Italy. I I didn't see it. Um, see it. Somebody somebody sent it to me. Yeah, I, you know what's funny? I've never seen any of my billboards. Really? Not even like nowhere. Huh? Nowhere. I've never seen. Well, I'm no I'm, no. You know what? I'm lying to you. Yes, I've seen one in California. That's it. My mom my mom saw it as well. But I've never seen like one of my like like I had a billboard in Vegas that was like. Times Square floor this big, yeah. Show, yeah. All right. So you said you had the Vegas billboard and it was amazing. Yeah. Picture of it. I saw the picture of it. So it is amazing. But if you, so how do you? Let's talk about this because I think this is a really important one too. How would you? Would you encourage someone to go into this industry? Do you think it's been? Has it been everything that you thought it would be? Uh, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know what you would answer, so I'm just kind of shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's to be honest with you, it's definitely a very very tough industry. Okay. Very 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 tough. So for me personally, I would recommend it if it's what you want to do. If it's what you want to do and that's your dream, I I I totally support you behind it. But what I do have to tell you is prepare yourself prepare yourself for being told no prepare yourself for being told you're not pretty much you don't look good enough right prepare yourself for being told you're too you know big you're too fat you're too skinny whatever like it's 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 a really it's a tough industry to be in but it has this it has its benefits i feel like that's everything in life though Everything in life is kind of is kind of like that, you know. But it is what it is. You just you just gotta be willing to to roll with the punches. It's not, you know what? I can say it like this: this this industry isn't for the weak. Right. Well, I presume too that there's a lot of um, social pressures too. I mean, it, you know, just so you guys know, another part about him doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs. Um just a stand up, literally wholesome guy. But in that industry, I would presume that there's a lot of going out, a lot of partying, a lot of being social. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's a hard, that's a hard thing, right? You know, it's not only the social pressures of just looking good all the time, but you know, the pressure to drink, the pressure to be whatever, to do drugs. So, um, I think it's a pretty amazing thing that, you are so straight laced and have kept it that way and really kept it real, just kept it, kept who you are. And that's very, very tough to come by. So, um, yeah. Thank you. you. Appreciate that, Laurie. Yeah, of course. 
Kind of Dr. Lori, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, whatever. Everybody calls me Lori. You know this by now. So let's, I want to talk a little bit about fitness. So, you know, when I first met you, <laughs> you were a very skinny, skinny 17-year-old. <laughs> so, yep, skinny um, little boy. You were tiny and you were thin until, gosh, I don't know, what, mid-20s probably that you were still small? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like 21. Yeah. So yeah. what do you, well, one, what did you, what do you do to stay in shape? What's your, what's your go-to? Uh, I know what it is now. So let's, let's give yeah. that. What is your go-to? So me personally, my go-to will always be pull-ups, push-ups. Okay. That's my, that's my go-to. That's actually, that's all I do. You know, um, when I started, I started getting bigger once I got cut from the, uh, from the USA trials. I started was like, you know what, let me go put on some size and get big and come back. Cause that was, I was very skillful in rugby, but I wasn't a big guy. And that could only last you so long playing against these big guys. Like you see, I was going up against guys like Marcus, you know, I'll, I'll give Marcus a run for his money now. But um, anyway, so I had to put on some size to, to, to do that. And I started, you know, I hit the weights. I was going to the gym twice a day, getting big, getting big, just, you know, like, wasn't a really big fan of supplements still to this day. I don't really take much supplements. Um, but I want to do say that I'm very blessed genetically. Um, it's just kind of easy for me to put on some size and muscle mass, but right now maintaining is just pull-ups, push-ups, dips, bodyweight squats, five days a week. My, my workouts consist of 10 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 10 dips, 15 knee raises, 15 squats. So that's one set. So I'm doing that 25 times. So it all, so it probably equals, so at the end of the day, it's 300 pull-ups, 300 push-ups, 300 dips, 300 squats. That's five days a week, depending on how I feel the next week, four days a week. I really listen to my body because recovery is extremely important. So that's the maintaining part of the fitness side of it. And, you know, I don't eat junk. I'm not really a junk food either, just because my body is so sensitive to what I eat. And, you know, like if I'm sleeping enough. So for me personally, I try to just, I try to, keep that uh keep that balance 70 30 okay so you guys got that you want to do all those push-ups <laughs> pull-ups dips, dips. raises right good luck got it so that's our next um instagram challenge you're gonna start it <laughs> the 300 challenge yep the 300 and we're just gonna we're just gonna start at what like one set one uh yeah all right Sounds good. I'll, I'll I'll get my little guy started on that, which he's just started doing boxing in the basement, and um, we're nice. doing a compound exercise routine. So, I'm maybe nice. I'll start him on those. We'll become the new Jordan Torres program. Yeah. Right. So, and just so you guys know, we have talked about doing some some stuff together at some point. Yeah, so we're running soon. I, we're running soon. Yes, I have a, a couple of things in the works with weight loss program, supplements. Um, so you said you don't really take anything. Um. Do you do a pre-workout? Do you do a post-workout? Honestly, no. No? Okay. So it's just... I've taken, I've taken a sample of a pre-workout once my whole life. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, so I know. Trust there, me. It blows everybody's you know, mind. Everybody says it. And even people that I know that I show your pictures to, there's no steroids in this. Um, and I always say, I'm like, he would never do it anyway. So... Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah. Well, cause you are, you're, you're very big and you're, you are lucky. You're lucky that you can put on muscle mass, but there's no yeah. involved in this. Right. So, 
So what's what's next for Jordan? What about your movie? Talk about your movie. Which one? Uh, the, uh, Diego, right? D yeah, Diego, the Amazon movie. Yeah, that came out about, I want to say, like, what, a year ago on Amazon? Over a year ago. Yeah. But you know what? For next for me is, um, you know, I'm, I'm auditioning like crazy. I'm auditioning for some big, big stuff that could change my life tomorrow. Okay. Um, but it's crazy because, like, as much as I, I'm just, I got so much on my plate. I'm just so busy, you know, being a full-time model, traveling. I've been, for the past, since January, I haven't been in one state for more than a week. I've just been traveling like flying nonstop, you know? So I've been so, so busy, which is, I'm super grateful for. Yeah. But right now I'm really just focused on building my brand, building JT, you know, like I, I have a solid fan base, thankfully that support me. And I want to just do something for myself that's going to, you know, pay off in the long run. And this, that's if coming out with calendars, coming out with, you know, like merchandise, coming out with, you know, as we spoke, supplements and all that. So right now, my biggest thing is just focusing on my brand. And as of acting, something is going to give, you know, I got some things in the work, you know, I'm actually going to doing something with my brother's story, you know. So it's busy right now. It's a busy time right now. It's a very, very busy time right now. But I signed up for this. Yeah, you did. Well, this was appropriate then if you want to do something with your brother's story because I yeah. it's a it's a story. It's a great story that's it's motivational to to anyone. So, um what do you do when you're done acting? Anything else? Do you ever want to do you ever want to like start a business? Do you ever like or what do you Oh, or, yeah, 100%. So, once I'm once, once I'm done with that, well, you know, real estate Okay. Real estate is something that, you know, I got a got something going right now. I don't want to talk too much about it. I like to surprise people. But um yeah, by the time I'm done acting, I plan to have some, you know, more real estate. I plan to, you know, have my companies rocking up, you know, and letting money make make itself. So I would you know, one of my lifelong dreams is a, a gym. You know, I said that in my last interview. I want to open a gym okay. just because I love the feeling the gym gives to people. And I want to do something like that. But day by day, step by step, you know, right now, the next the next step is finishing out this process with this my mom's house and everything, you know, seeing my mom smile because while my mom is still here, I want her to live her dream. So, mm -hmm. so where are you getting her house? Did I miss that? So it's going to be it's going to be back east. Okay. Um, some somewhere upstate or somewhere in Connecticut because my brothers are buried back home. So my okay. mom doesn't want to. My mom doesn't want to leave my brothers. So like somewhere like L.A. or something wouldn't wouldn't make sense for her. You know, she kind of wants to stay somewhere more local, just because, like I said, my brothers are buried there. You know. Gotcha. And and I'm gonna ask the question for everybody else and on that's on Instagram and on social media that asks me, are you single? <laughs> you knew uh, how to do it. It had to be. You, you, hey, that was I. That was a good one. I was. That I'm was happy you asked me that. You you caught me. You caught me by surprise. But uh, yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, he's single, guys. So you know, I'm just saying. 
you can hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> now that his uh, Instagram is going to light up like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> not yep. on fire, but um, all right. So listen, I, I want to bring up a couple of things. One, I want to ask if you could give one piece of advice to a kid that's struggling growing up. Um, with anything, struggling with parents that maybe don't support him, struggling mm -hmm. with an environment that maybe, you know, poverty or um, maybe just lack of opportunity. What What's the one thing that you would say to a kid in order to keep his hope, I should say? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, like, um, how, what advice would you give him or her, I should say? Nothing lasts forever. Okay. So what I mean by that is we're all going to suffer through bad times, but it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I've been in situations where I felt like I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So like if any kids out there is struggling with anything, we know when it comes to struggling parents, struggling job, whatever it is, I promise you, bro, things get better things will continue to get better, but you can't as, as a cliche as it is, like the term of never giving up is so true though. Like as you get older and you get in certain situations, you realize you just can't give up. So if you're struggling right now, I promise you just continue to have faith, but don't give up, don't give up. And always remember, always remember nothing lasts forever, the good or the bad. So you got to roll with the good and you got to roll with the bad because nothing is going to last forever. But always enjoy the moment. Is that tattooed somewhere? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> Not sure. I wasn't sure. No, I didn't know that one was written anywhere. Um, no, it's good. That's good. I, I think that um, in this time of, of COVID and post-COVID and wherever we're calling this current situation, um, the the one the, the the lack of availability of therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists and and help and role models like we talked about um is a really big deal which is why i want to do this inspirational series because there is there is help out there and it might not mm -hmm. be through traditional means and and that's kind of why i wanted to put this out there because we need to understand that um there's people that are suffering in, in ways that a lot of us can't understand, but we need to be role models and representative of, of, of people that, that someone wants to emulate, right? That someone wants to be like, I look at my son and COVID was tough, right? My, I would say my older one graduated high school during COVID. My younger one um, was virtual for a year and, you know, it changes people, right? And I, I am thankful that we have coping skills in our household and with our kids that they're able, they have been able to be okay, but I've yeah. seen the, the, the downside or what happens to kids and, and adults for that matter um, from the isolation and from the lack of maybe even just um, feeling confident or motivated or being around other people. And it's really sad. So I like that. I like that it doesn't last forever. And, and I think we should think about that too. And we're all fighting over, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, uh, you know, whatever, you know, this is, this is temporary. We live all of this, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, I, I think that if we can really try to help each other out, that's really what it comes down to. So absolutely, 
I mean, my piece of advice too would be um, there's always someone out there that can help. Um, it doesn't have like it, I think we all look in these very traditional places, and I think you used mm-hmm. a great example with that with pops. It, there's always someone there that you can look for, or search out that can help. And yep, yeah. So anyway, all right. I agree with you. So we got like I don't know eight minutes left or so. So I want to know what you consider to be your weakness. What is it? If you had to pick one thing that you're, that you would say, wow, this is my weakness. I want to say having a good heart sometimes is a weakness for me. Okay. Cause I give too many people the benefit of the doubt. And I had to get to the point where I had to just cut certain things out of my life, you know, and being taken advantage of and stuff like that. I always feel too bad for things and for people that shouldn't, you know, like I, I always put my first foot forward, which I wouldn't want to say is a bad thing, but sometimes it can, it can, can bite you, you know, bite you in the behind in the long run. So I had to get to the point in my life where I had to stop accepting certain behaviors from certain people, you know, and being where I'm at now, I got such a, got such a great thing going that I won't let anybody jeopardize that, you know? So, you know, I, I agree with you. It's like that adding and subtracting thing, right? You, and you yeah. I know I have the same problem in life. <laughs> um, yep. You just give, give, give till there's nothing left to give. And sometimes you need to save some in the tank. Exactly. Yeah. So what about, but, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm good. No, 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 finish your, finish your thought. No, I was just going to say, like, I'd rather have that weakness, though. I'd rather have a good heart. I'd rather have too much of a good heart than have anything less than that. That's it. No, I agree. And you're making every girl out there that you already told that you're single (laughs) 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 going to start to message you. So, no, he really is a great person. And I think that, you know, that comes out of how you're raised by your mom, too. I mean, you know, your mom is loving, kind, funny, like you said, enduring person and yeah. build certain things in you. And, you know, that's, that carries over into everything in life. And it's, I, I will tell you from an outsider, it carries over in, in your work too. I mean, you can tell that you are passionate about what you do, that you love what you do. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you care about what you do. And even in, you know, a picture that I might joke around with you about, the fact of the matter is, is you cared about what you were doing at that moment and you did, the, you made it the best that you wanted to make it. So exactly. I think that's a great thing to have. And then, so let's see, <laughs> is, what would you change about yourself physically and um, like, I guess, um, not emotionally, but yeah, what would you change? Well, what would I change about myself? Uh-huh. Uh, physically, nothing. Nothing. Change anything. Uh, no, nah, I'm I'm happy with myself. Honestly, okay. I'm super happy. I'm pleased with the the skin I'm in. Uh, I definitely want to add more tattoos, but uh oh, that's right. You want the whole the whole sleeve finished, right? Well, I finished. I finished my uh, my right one. I want to add some to my left arm and my leg, whatever. But I want to say, what would I change about myself? Um, mentally, I would love to change. I would love to change 
my, I love to change my tempo in life. I'm okay. very hard on my, I'm very hard on myself. So I would love to, I would love to change the way I think about certain things. And, you know, I'm 28 and I've, I've, I've seen friends that bought houses at 24, 25, you know, and now I'm 28 and I'm about to get my first one. So I wish if I could go back to 24 and 25 and I wish I would have enjoyed those years more, you know, because I was so focused and driven on doing so many big things that I look past so many great memories and opportunities in my life because I just, I knew what I wanted to do, you know? So now being 28 and I, I changed it a little bit, but I want to slow it a little bit more down because I'm always looking forward to the next thing. I'm always worrying about what's next. I'm always worried about where I got to fly next. I'm always, and sometimes like I got to just slow down a bit more, you know, like being in the moment, staying present because life just goes right past your eyes without you knowing, without you knowing, like I'm 20, I'm 28 now. Like I'm 28 now. I just had, I just had the best birthday of my life though. I would say that, but it's crazy. So yeah, just I would love to just be present more. All right. Well, you got to tell us what you did for your birthday now. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Got it. So Vegas it is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's why his hair is uh, now blonde. That's what yeah. I was Gotcha. So let's talk about COVID. Did COVID, how did COVID change modeling for you in life? Did, was it a huge transition? We have a couple of minutes left. I kind of want to hear what happened. Yeah, it was, no, of course. Yeah, it was a huge impact, a huge impact. Mind you, I almost got stuck in London because I was currently traveling during the beginning of COVID and they almost didn't let me back in the country because I was traveling and working in London. So once I got back, I just had to stay home for what, four or five months with old traveling in LA by myself, you know? So I was just kind of like, whoa, like, you know, like I make, you know, my bread and butter from traveling across the country, the world, you know? So for me, I took a huge impact, but in that sense, but the power of social media, I was able to do really well as well, you know? So. Um, there's this there, social media promotions like yeah so I have I have my contracts and stuff so my contracts only kept renewing and getting even bigger just because the game has changed so much but there's this saying that uh, from this song that I like that um, the Migos uh, Quavo goes we turned the uh, pandemic to a pandemic which is very true because for me I had to really sit there and go okay now, how can I capitalize off of this? You know, so I instantly took social media and ran with it. And I've probably what I've gained during, during, so the first year of COVID, I gained a hundred thousand followers. Wow. And now I've gained, so in two years, I've gained 200,000 followers. That's crazy. So I had to really, you know, marketing and get right with myself. And now I'm doing the best I've ever done my whole life. Ever thought about writing a book? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. A biopic. I want to do a biopic too. What is, I don't even know. What's a biopic? So it's like, it's like <laughs> a biopic is like, <laughs> <a story. laughs> 
Oh, like a story. Oh, I, fi- I, f- I finally could teach you something. Yeah, well, you can teach me a lot on social media. Yeah. We all know this. <laughs> no, a biopic is like uh, just like a movie of myself. Oh, oh, bio. Okay, got it. Biofilm. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. See, I need the lingo. See, I'm not in the, in the industry. I don't know it. No, you're good. Yeah. So we have probably about three minutes left. So I was a little off of my time before. So I'm gonna like give ask you a couple like random questions, and um, I'm just gonna kind of think about off the top of my head. So. Favorite place you've ever traveled? Puerto Rico. Ooh, Puerto Rico. Okay. Oh, by the way, he's Puerto Rican, guys, and he speaks no Spanish. That's going to piss them off. (laughs) (laughs) I was just being sarcastic. No, he's Puerto Rican. And you've gone to Puerto Rico a couple times recently, right? Yeah, yeah, I love That's what I'm saying. Like, out of everywhere I've been, like, when you say favorite, honestly, like, when I think of favorite, I think of a place that I don't mind going back to. Okay. Which would be Puerto Rico. Okay. Well, let's talk about favorite car. Ooh. Like, Lamborghini. What is it? Lamborghini? Okay. Yeah. And they'll be happy about that. And then favorite actress. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot, honestly. Um, but I have what? I got like a minute or something left. Minute. All right. Margaret, Margaret Robbie. I don't even know who that is. Okay. Um, I'm old, guys. Sorry. Who is that? What's she in? <laughs> she's in uh she's in Wolf of Wall Street. She's oh, in okay. Suicide I Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Um, favorite color? Navy blue. Navy blue. Okay. And favorite model. Uh yeah. man or woman? Both, both. Uh, I'll say woman. I'll start with Cindy Crawford. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like Cindy Crawford a lot. She's very beautiful. And for a man, I like I like the impact that Tyson Beckford brought to the industry. Uh, that's exactly what I who I would have said. All right, cool. Yeah, Paige. At least for that, because I you know the other ones I'm like whatever. Um, all right. So we have about thirty seconds. So I'm gonna close you out. So Jordan Torres amazing, amazing person in general, but wonderful model, very well known in the model industry, blossoming acting career, rugby extraordinaire, Bronx tale. If you want to follow him, go to official JT on Instagram. Um, make sure it's official JT. There are imposters out there. So please um, make sure you go to that be one. Be careful. Yep. Yeah, be careful. The imposters. And you can ask us questions on info at mydrlaurie.com or mydrlaurie.com has all the podcasts transcribed or Voice America to listen to this again. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Anti-Aging Unraveled. Be sure to join Dr. Lori Gerber again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week and keep you aging gracefully. 